very thankful for this, uh, this precious opportunity God's given us to meet together here in his house. It's good to see each one of you. Most of all, we hope our Lord Master would be merciful and willing to allow us to feel his presence here this morning. If you have your Bibles with you, I trust that you do. The house of God's a good place to bring your Bible. Turn with me to the 39th Psalm. The 39th Psalm. I'm going to begin reading this morning in verse 4, and, and we'll use this as a starting point as we'll consider the importance of remembering the brevity of life. Just remembering that life is, is short. Psalms 39. David, the writer here, by inspiration of the Spirit, says, Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days. What it is that I may know how frail I am. Last week, uh, I come to the house of God and and it was my birthday. And um, I very much appreciate the cards, the happy birthday wishes, the gifts that everyone give me. I'm, I'm unworthy of your friendship, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, last Sunday, I, by the calendar, I, I turned 52 years old. And I know some people are saying that's not old Brother Ronnie, but... When I look back in my life, when I was 15, 16 years old, it, it seems pretty old to me now, 52 years old. I had a friend of mine in Georgia. Once I went to him and wished him a happy birthday. He's a good brother. He told me, he said, don't wish me a happy birthday, Brother Ronnie. If you have enough of those things, they'll kill you. <laughs> but you know, those 52 years, they, they passed real quick. It seemed like that long ago that I was playing in mom and daddy's yard. Doesn't seem like that long ago that I was helping Papa in his garden. It just seems just like it was yesterday. Yesterday was my daughter Sarah Beth's birthday. She turned 10 years old. I'm very thankful for the little girl God blessed us to have in our home. You know, before Sarah Beth was born, Jennifer and Joshua and I, we, we prayed. Joshua prayed that God would bless him to have a little sister. And God blessed us to have a little girl and Joshua to have a little sister. You know, I remember Sarah Beth. She was born, wow, she's just a little bitty baby. Boy, she was pretty. I, I can't help but say this. I think she's the prettiest little girl I ever seen. <laughs> I know you feel that way about your little girl, little boy, and that's that's all right. You're supposed to. She turned 10 years old yesterday. Boy, those 10 years went by fast. Just just like that. Would you agree with me this morning that life is life is quick? You know the Bible teaches us that life is is quick. You know Job said in Job chapter 7 and verse 6 that life is it's like a weaver's shuttle. If you've ever studied textile, anything about textile, you know that when cloth is weaved, you have an opening of thread, top and bottom. It opens up what's called a shed. And in that shed, there'll be a shuttle. And that shuttle 
takes the yarn from one side to the other and then pulls back and then you have something that, that packs that yarn down and it'll go again. I tell you, I've saw some textile machinery and boy, those shuttles are flying. I'm talking about, I've saw some you know, running 500 shuttle picks a minute. Just as fast as that shuttle goes in that shed and out that shed, Job said that's as fast as life is. Job chapter 9 and verse 25, Job said that life is swift as a post. What is he talking about? He's talking about a mail post. <laughs> How many of you put a letter in the mail and maybe a day or two later somebody's calling you, hey, I appreciate the letter you sent me, the card you sent me. Wow, things get there fast, do they not? I told a person once, you better be careful with your mail because it's going to get there and you might change your mind real quick, but you can't get your mind changed and it fixed before that mail gets there. Send a card to someone, boom, it's just there. What goes fast? Job said life is, is like that. Just as fast as that letter gets in the mail and gets to worse going, life, life is over. Job said there in Job chapter 9 and verse 26, this is swift as ships. How many of you went to the beach and you'd look off, maybe to the right or the left, and you'd see a ship, uh, maybe a fishing boat, cargo ship, and it was traveling. You'd look down and play in the sand and raise up. Wow, it's, it started went a long distance. Wow, that just passed real fast, did it not? It went from here to here, from here to here really quick. Job said that's, that's the way life is. It's just as quick as a ship that's passing on the horizon. The Bible says that Life in this world is just a few days. You know, Job said, man, this born of a woman, he's a few, few days. Not many days, few days. And he's full of trouble. I'll confess, I believe it's, it's full of trouble. And I also confess, I'm glad it's just a few days because I don't want many days of this, these many troubles. What did James say in James chapter 4 and verse 14? He said, life is like a vapor. It's, it's gone. How many of you have got out of the shower and have to take a hot shower and all the steam be all over the windows and the shower door, maybe see some droplets of water on, on the sheetrock and you'd open the door and it'd be gone just in a little while. Maybe take your hair dryer and blow on the mirror. You may not believe it, I used to use a hair dryer. Now I don't have enough hair to worry about one. <laughs> take a hair dryer and blow on the mirror and steam's gone. That's, that's the way life is. You know, there's a time that man lived longer than he lives now on earth. I remember reading in the Bible about a man that lived 969 years long. His name was Methuselah. You know, that name means the era, the man of the dark. He was the man that was pointing to the destruction of the world by the flood. You know, right at his death is when the world was destroyed by flood. But he lived on this earth 969 years. Wow, that's a long time to live. You know, Noah lived 950 years. Adam lived 930. That's a long time to live. But, you know, even that is brief in comparison to eternity. So everything is relative. Time is relative. You, know, you can go through some things that seems like it's very long to your mind. Some things, whew, it can't be short enough, right? I mean, a brief second when your hand's on a hot stove, that's a long time. <laughs> But in comparison to eternity, those years those men lived is very short. You know, after the flood and the environment of the earth changed, you know, there used to be a canopy around the earth. It was water that was above and, and on the earth. And the earth was like a greenhouse. 
that's how all those great beasts live to the north. You know, they'll find, you know, skeletons and remains of beasts, huge beasts up in Greenland and Iceland. They wonder, how, how could they be there when the earth at one time was in a different environment? And men can live longer. Well, what changed the environment of the earth? Man's sin angered God. And the flood came and all the waters came down from the canopy around the earth. Have you ever heard one person say there's not enough water on the earth to flood the earth? There's not enough water on the earth to flood the earth. There's enough water above the earth to flood the earth. And it all came down and the earth flooded. The fountains broke up from beneath and the water came down from above and the earth was flooded. And after that, you'll notice in the Bible, men live shorter days. Shorter days. Abraham, his life was like 175 years long. Isaac was 185. And you just go on and get shorter and shorter. Finally, you get to the Psalms 90 and 91. And if man lives 80, 90 years, he's, he's had a long life. The environment of the earth changed. It's, it's a brief life. Life is over before you know it. It's really, really quick. David said, help me, Lord, to remember this, that life, life is short. Several years ago before my, my daddy passed from this life, I went home to be with the Lord. I went to his house, and I used to go there to sit with him. I went there one day to sit with Daddy. And he was sitting in his chair in the living room, and you know, Mama's got pictures of all the kids on the walls. And there's a particular picture of me that's on the wall at Mama's house. And it's me when I was just little. And I walked in, and Daddy was looking at that picture. He said, son, he said, that's my little preacher. He said, I remember when my little preacher used to sit on my lap in church. He said, I remember my little preacher when I'd carry him to the house of God. He said, now my little preacher's grown and trying to pastor the church himself. He said, oh, how life has passed quickly. You know, Mom and Daddy, they said I tried to preach when I was just little. You know, I tried to act like the preachers I, I heard on Sunday morning. They'd set me up a little box, and I'd stand in front of it, and I'd act like the preachers. You know the part I liked the best? When they took up the collection. <laughs> I was glad to do it, just to take up that collection. That picture, it meant something to Daddy. But it reminded him how quick life is. He's passed and gone home to be with the Lord. And I look back at the time that I was blessed to spend with him and how, how time went fast. It went fast. You know, yesterday I spent some time with uh, Brother Marty and Sister Julie and got to meet their other two children, their son and their daughter. You know, they got three, Brother Landon, another son, daughter. And I met daughter's husband, grandchildren, two grandchildren. They got two little granddaughters. I asked Sister Julie about one of the granddaughters there. I said, I bet that's the prettiest granddaughter you've ever seen in your life. And Sister Julie couldn't help but say yes. <laughs> that's all right. I watched Brother Marty pick up one of the babies. And I, I thought, I bet Brother Marty could remember picking up that little girl when she was that little. How time flies. Can you remember picking up your little kids when they were that small? Life goes quick. How many of you remember when you were little? Spending time with your mom and daddy. I bet Sister Colleen can remember Brother Allen when he was just a little boy running around the house. It seems like but yesterday, 
It's gone quick. David said here, Lord, make me to know my end and the measure of my days, what it is that I may know how frail I am. Help me remember, Lord, not forget that life is short, short. You know, there's some things we need help to forget. It's good to have a good forgetter. A really good memory isn't always a blessing. Some things we need to be blessed to forget. But it's also good to have some things we remember. You remember the Lord told Joshua and the children of Israel to set up those memorial stones while wow, there's something they need to remember. I remember between Mizpah and Shin, the children of Israel set up a stone and called it Ebenezer there in 1 Samuel chapter 7. Said, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us to help them remember the Lord's help that day. David said, Here, this is something good that we need to remember. Remember, don't forget it. Have a memorial stone. Remember that life, life is short, short. It's over before you know it. Why do we need to do this, Brother Ronnie? What's the benefit in just remembering that life is short? It's kind of getting me discouraged. I can get depressed thinking life is short. No, remembering life is short will help you. It'll help you in many things. One thing it'll help you in is remembering that I don't have time to let things pass by. I don't have time to waste. I need to be an individual that takes advantage of of what God has given me today. You got little kids? Spend time with your kids. You don't have forever with them. Spend time with them. Spend time with your grandkids. They call you up and say, hey, we got a soccer game. Go see your kids play soccer. If you get time and they want to come to your house, maybe they get a little older, sit down with them. They want to talk to you about school. Talk to them about school. We don't have forever. We just got a little while. You know what the world and the devil wants to do to you? Parents, grandparents. The devil and the world wants to consume your life so that you have no available time for your family, your friends, and your brothers and sisters in Christ. That's what the world and the devil wants to do. You know that's taught in the Bible. Turn with me to the book of Joshua. In the book of Joshua, chapter 6, this is after Jericho has been destroyed. You know, they walked about it. God broke down the walls. They conquered Jericho. Notice in verse 26 when Joshua adjourned them at that time. He said, Cursed be the man before the Lord that riseth up and buildeth this city Jericho. What is he saying? Cursed is that man that builds this city. He shall lay the foundation thereof in his firstborn and in his youngest son he shall set up the gates of it. What does that mean, Brother Ryan? Notice, cursed be that man that buildeth that city, Jericho. Notice he's going to lay the foundation in his firstborn, but he's not going to set the gates be done until his youngest son is grown. Now I want you to turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 16. And we'll read about the man that did this. His name was Hiel. 1 Kings chapter 16 verse 34. In his days, that's Ahab's days. Remember Ahab, Je Jezebel's husband. In his days, Hiel 
the Bethelite builded Jericho. He laid the foundation thereof in Abiram, his firstborn, and set up the gates thereof in his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spake by Joshua, the son of Nun. He started building that when his firstborn was born, but he didn't get done until his youngest was grown. What is that saying? That's saying his effort there in Jericho, it consumed his entire life. That's what he's saying. How much time do you think he spent with his firstborn? How much time do you think he spent with his youngest son in his days? None. Very little. Why? Because Jericho and his efforts in Jericho and rebuilding something that God cursed consumed his entire life. This world and the devil would love nothing more, dear brothers and sisters, but to consume your entire life. So the little time that you have in this world will be consumed by nothing but just wasting it and feeding swine, feeding the world. Now I understand we need to make a living. I understand we need to be providers for our children. But we should not allow this world and the things of this world to consume us so we don't have time for our wives, for our children, for our grandchildren. You know, I've never talked to older men and older women, older sisters and brothers, and say, you know, I just think I spent too much time with my kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. I've never heard that. You ever heard that? I tell you what, Brother Ronnie, I spent too much time with my brothers and sisters at church. You ever heard that? I've never heard that. All I hear is, you know, I wish I would have taken more advantage of the time that God gave me to spend with my brothers and sisters in Christ. I wish I would have took more time to spend with my children and my grandchildren. My life is short. In this short life, the world and the devil would like nothing more than just take it away from me. But remembering that life is short will cause you to be stirred to take advantage of every moment that God gives you. So when your little child or grandchild comes up to you and wants to hug your neck, you'll stop. You'll stop and say, I, I got time. I got time to hug your neck. You know, I look back in my life. My little girl turned 10 years old. Wow, have I wasted a lot of time. My son, he's 15 years old. I've wasted a lot of time. You say, Brother Ronnie, what do we need to do? Well, I can't fix that. You see, all, I, all I've got is today. i got today. I don't have yesterday. I don't know if I've got tomorrow. <laughs> I shouldn't boast myself in tomorrow, for thou knowest not what tomorrow may bring. But I tell you what I've got. I've got right now, today, to do better. You know what we have as children of God? We've got today. That's what we've got. I don't have yesterday. I don't have tomorrow. I've got right now. I've got right now. And right now, I want God's help to be better and remembering that life is short. Help me, God, to remember how frail I am and the number of my days. I tell you something else just remembering that does. It helps me to deal with all the tribulation and the troubles and the problems of this world. You know, this world's got a lot of problems. This world's full of tribulation. It's full of troubles. You know, yesterday I I put forth an effort to help the family in a funeral service. And, you know, this death in this world, it hurts. It hurts. You know, I'm glad to do what a family wants me to do, and I'm glad to do what a church would want me to, to, to preach, to comfort the hearts of the children of God when a brother and sister pass in this life. But it's, 
It's not something that I, I have joy looking forward to. I wish death was ended. It hurts me to see the little children of God with tears in their face. It hurts me to see little children of God suffer in this world. Years ago, I was doing some inventory work for a little hardware store. And there was a lady, she came in. She had a little afflicted child in her arms. He's a precious little boy. She had a little jar she went to put on the counter. Had a little boy's picture on it. Because of the issue his had, his mama, she couldn't take it. She, she fled. She left. She forsook him. Her son, this lady's son, was in the military. He's deployed to Afghanistan. He was there just trying to keep enough insurance for his son's health. His grandma was taking care of the child. She had that jar. She said, can I put it here on the counter? She said, we just need some help. My answer was yes. I didn't even ask management. I said yes. If they don't like it, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll take the repercussion. Yes. That little boy smiled, as happy as he could be. Precious little boy. You know, after they left, I went to the restroom of that company and I cried. I cried because of the pains of this world. All the afflictions. I, you know, I remember years ago, I had an effort that I did at some nursing facilities there in Georgia, and I'd go. You know, I'd went there so much, they all knew me by my first name, Pastor Ronnie, Pastor Ronnie. Families there, when they had a family member passing, they'd ask me to come and pray with their mom and daddy and grandma and grandpa says, passing. They'd all be crying. Someone asked me to pray for them as they're suffering the afflictions this life. Serious disease. I just I'd weep and cry because of the pain and the agony that the children of God suffer in this life. But you know what helps me? Helps me to endure it. Gives me strength to go forward another step in remembering it's just a little while and there'll be no more suffering. That's the reason the Apostle Paul could say, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Jesus said in John chapter 14, In a little while you shall not see me, and in a little while, just a little while, you shall see me. It's just a little while, brothers and sisters. And all this pain and tears is going to be over in John chapter 21 and verse 1 when Jesus makes it all new. What does that mean? One day there's coming, Jesus is going to make it all new. When Jesus makes it all new, it'll never get old again. We get something new in this world and it gets old and wears out. Praise God when we all get to heaven and Jesus makes it all new. It'll never get old. It'll never wear out. And if we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we'll have no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. We've been there 10 million years. We could have put that in that verse if we wanted to. Heaven will be just as new as the day that we got there. Have you ever thought about when you get to heaven and you talk to Moses and Elijah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Adam, say, how long have you been here? You know what their answer would be? I just got here. I just got here. It's just like it was when I got here. And that's the way it's going to be when we get to glory. And it's just a little while. Just a little while, brothers and sisters. Just remembering that. Just a little while. And it's all going to be new. Helps me. Helps me. Strengthens me to face all the afflictions and the troubles and the trials associated with this world. This world. Just 
for memory that I've just got a few days, it also motivates me, motivates me in my service to God. I've already said I don't have yesterday. I don't know about tomorrow. All I got is right now. And when we have it right now, and knowing my days are short, I'm motivated to serve God better. I probably told you my experience when I came to the Primitive Baptist Church. This had a lot to do with me joining the Primitive Baptist Church the way I did. Now, I was raised the son of a missionary Baptist preacher in Georgia. I love those folks. Good folks. But it's got to a point in my life I couldn't agree with them. I didn't agree with the direction they was going. I didn't agree with what they were preaching. I love them. I believe they're children of God, and I believe we'll all be in heaven one day. And you know what? I believe when we get to heaven, we're all going to believe the same thing. All the children of God, when we get to heaven, are all going to believe the same thing. That's what we're going to believe. Sometimes I get a little... Little like little Ronnie, old Ronnie, and I'm thinking, boy, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, I told you so. <laughs> no, that's not the way it's going to be. But I couldn't stay with them in the Missionary Baptist. The Lord blessed me to find the Primitive Baptist Church. I'm going to tell you, the first time I came to the Primitive Baptist Church, I said, wow, this is different. This is different. Boy, I remember Elder Bob Scott preaching. Man, I tell you what, I've never had anybody comfort me in my life. Man, I tell you what, I went out from that meeting, I felt like Elder Ricky Hartcrow would say, I thought I could just storm the gates of hell with two water pistols. <laughs> Man, I felt good. I had assurance like never before in my life that I was a born-again child of God. I was comforted like never before. I, man, I went back, and it was even better when I went back. Now, I remember they opened the doors of the church. They published the door of the church, not opening. Jesus opened the door of the church. All we do is publish it. They had the handshake. I, you know, I went through and shook hands. Yeah, I'd already told folks I'm not going to join. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to just back up and say I've been wrong my whole life. Man, they went through. I stood there behind the pew, and I watched the joy of those folks. And the happiness they had and the truth had been preached and how I believe with every cell of my being with that, what was being preached in that pulpit was right in accordance to the Bible. And I just walked right behind the line and I said, you know, Brother Bob, I don't know if you're still taking in members, but I'd like to be a member here at Faith Prayer Baptist Church. You know, the church, they voted to accept me as a candidate for baptism. The next Sunday they were going to baptize me in a cold front came through northeast Georgia. And it was 14 degrees that morning. And the church didn't have a baptistry at that time. They baptized in a pond. It was going to be 21 degrees as high that day. It was 17 degrees when we let our church at noon. There's people in the church said, Brother Ronnie, we'll understand if you want to wait until a later time. You know what my answer was? I don't want to wait another time. I may not have another time. I want to be a member here. I want to be here. And you know what the elder did? He went out in the water with me and he baptized me. When I was baptized, they pulled me up. My hair froze as I was coming to the shore and my mama was shouting. My daddy's eyes was full of tears. Why didn't you wait, Brother Ronnie? I didn't know if I had time to wait. The Lord blessed me to see the truth, to find a people that believe the truth. 
And praise God, I want to be identified with them. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, I have never, never been sad or disappointed that I did that that day. Never. I've been happy that I did that that day since. And I'll say it, and I've said it before, the church didn't need me. The church has been just fine without me. I need the church. And someone will say, Brother Ryan, your preaching has been a blessing to me. God bless you. You give God all the glory if it has. But I want to tell you that I could never repay the Lord and the church for what I have enjoyed in the kingdom of God. I have happiness and joy unmeasurable in this time. What if I'd have said, let's wait? Well, anything could have happened to me. And I wouldn't have had that joy. You know, we think about preaching. You know, I remember the church was asking me to, to introduce service and preach. And I would never do it. You know, I thought we had too many louder milks preaching already. <laughs> now I look back and I see I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of time in my life. God had called me to preach. I believe it. Even before I put forth the first effort. And I believe you believe that God called me to preach. Otherwise, you wouldn't have called me as pastor. But now in my life, I've gotten to a point, I don't want to waste any time. I just want to give as much as I can to the service of God. You know why? Because I show my love to God by my service to his people. I love Jesus. I love Jesus for what he's done for me. Jesus saved my soul from hell. Jesus has lifted me up from a dunghill. Jesus has given me hope. Jesus is my friend like no other. And I want to show him how much I love him by serving his great and precious people. And I pray often, God, give me grace that I may go in and out of this great people, this people that belongs to you. Help me to know my end and to measure my days. Another thing it does for me, and it helps me to deal with my past mistakes. You know, when you know you don't have much time, you won't sit around in the mully grubs worrying about your past mistakes. What do you think the Apostle Paul makes reference there in Philippians chapter 3 about forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth those things which are before? Why? You don't have much time. I don't want to waste our time worrying about the things you got behind. I want to tell you, I've done a little bit of carpentry work in my life. And anybody that's done any carpentry work, you've made mistakes. <laughs> You're not going to do any carpentry work without making mistakes. Now, I want to tell you, a man's got a lot of experience knows how to hide his mistakes. <laughs> you take a little sheetrock mud and hide his mistakes. But you're going to make mistakes. I'm going to tell you, if you've got a big carpentry job you're doing, you can't just sit around and sit on the paint can worried about this little mistake you made. you just got to get it fixed and you got to go on. you got to do the best you can. Same way with life. We all going to make mistakes. If you're going to live life, you're going to make mistakes. If you made mistakes in your life, it's really evidence you've been doing something. You know who never makes mistakes? People don't do that. They don't ever make mistakes. If you're going to do something, you're going to make mistakes. There's a preacher told me that about preaching. I, I made some mistakes in the pulpit, and I, I make a mistake every time I preach. I misquote scripture. I say things and think back on it. I wish I said that a little different. But you know, if I just sit in the mulling grubs about it, I'm never going to grow and get ready for the next effort. I should just ask God for forgiveness 
if I made a mistake in the congregation, just ask them for forgiveness and go on and get ready for the next. Why? I don't have time. I don't have much time. You don't have much time. Brothers and sisters, we've all made mistakes in our life. But if we sit around in the mully grubs of our errors and mistakes, you know what we're going to do? We're going to miss out on a lot of time and a lot of joy in life. The devil likes to remind you of your errors. The devil likes to whisper in your ears of your errors and the mistakes you made. Why? That he can take your time. He can take your time. Well, he knows he has but a short time to torment you, dear child of God. See, the devil can't torment you in heaven. He's going to torment you here. Hey, you remember you done that? You remember that mistake you made? You know the best thing we can do? Just go to the Lord, and I want to tell you, the Lord is forgiving, loving, merciful, kind. Remember there in Luke chapter 15, that old prodigal son, he went out, told his father, give me that portion of goods that falls to me. You know what he said? Daddy, you don't know how to do things. I know more than you. I mean, ain't nothing like a young mind to find intelligence, right? I told you this before. When I was young, I mean, I was so smart. My daddy told me, he said, you know, son, NASA would do real well to hire you. <laughs> he said, you got to be the smartest man I've ever met. Seemed like the older I got, the more intelligent he became and the more ignorant I became. That boy went out. He went into a far country. Got way away. I'm going to tell you, thinking highly of yourself, it'll get you way away from the Father. It'll get you way away from God. He got out there, joined himself with the citizens of that country, and, man, he found himself just feeding the swine, feeding the swine. Down in there in the old hog pen. This man's a born-again child of God. He's the son of the Father. Got riches untold in heaven. He's down here feeding swine. You know, he come back home. He came to himself and he came back home. He rehearsed it to himself what he was going to say. What did the father do when he got there? He just hugged his neck. Have you ever thought just how what he smelled like when he when he got there? Man, that boy stunk. I mean, that boy had some stink. A couple weeks ago we preached about the incense altar. Now, they needed some incense. That boy had a stink. But the father still hugged his neck. Put the robe on him, ring on his finger, called for the killing of the calves there. Oh, yes, have a festive time. My son that was lost is now found. He's come home. That's God. That's the Lord. That's how much he loves you. If we've made mistakes, just come to the Lord. He'll forgive us. We don't have time to waste. The devil would like to take your time and you and those mulligrubs, but remembering, I just got this little while. Well, help me and just don't waste my time. Go forward. You know, he forgives that him that's in our book, he forgives our follies past and gives us grace for days to come. Much of my time has gone to waste, and I perhaps am near my home, but he forgives my follies past and gives me grace for days to come. May God always give us grace, dear children of God, to remember we just got just a few days, a few days. Let's take these days that God gives us and let's use them. Take advantage of them. Don't let them waste in his service. Doing good. Spending time with our family. Because it's just a little while. And we're going to be gone. And may God always give us grace to remember that there's a time coming when time will be no more. And when we get there and time is no more, we're going to be happy forever and ever and ever and ever. May God richly bless us our prayer. Does anyone